Welcome to your Life Path Astrology reading. I am excited to dig into your chart with you. Just for the audience to get to know you, why don't you tell us what you do in the world and what you hope to get from the reading? Well, currently I work in the hotel industry with, it's heavily impacted with COVID and everything that's happening socially. Mm -hmm. um, I'm currently studying herbalism. I've been doing it for a year and it's something that, kind of like um resonates with my calling especially having a background with chronic illness and healing in that way and also studying ayurveda so hoping that this reading can give me some uh shed some light into so much uncertainty that we're all going through right now beautiful well first of all what cool things that you're digging into. I love um, those areas. So let, let's dig in and see what the stars have for you. Sounds good? Yes. Okay. So the first place I always start with is the sun because the sun's what we understand because it's how we see ourselves. So you already know that you're a Gemini. Um, <laughs> and so when I see someone with a sun in Gemini, um, I think about someone who sees themselves as like excellent communicator. You probably know you're a very good salesperson. You could probably enroll anyone into buying anything from you if you need. Um, <laughs> and she's and you're and I know you're not like contradicting that yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> communication and intellect are the main themes of this sign. Um, so I think about someone who's really like you. Like I think of Gemini, someone who loves information. You're reading all the books. You're looking at all the articles. You're really you want to know as much as you can about the things that light you up. And um, you're also really good at speaking. Like when I, um, if we were to give each of the signs like a TV, like a TV show archetype, Gemini, I always joke, it's kind of like the high school friend who's like at lunch and she's like getting everyone together. And she's like, okay, everyone spill the tea. Don't miss the detail. I want to know everything. So she. <laughs> And she wants to be in the know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the other also really interesting thing. You have your son in Gemini in the ninth house. And ninth house is Sagittarius energy, which is um, wisdom. Um, well, it actually means two things. It's usually like travel, culture, foreign lang languages, and things like that. Or wisdom, higher education, continued learning. So the other thing that comes up for me is this is a really like this is like the intellectual pairing, right? Because you've got Gemini, the one who wants to know everything, and Sagittarius, who's kind of like the master teacher. Interesting. Right? And so that's how you see yourself. You see yourself as like gathering information, like ready to be the master teacher. There's like the sense of like, like that's how you see yourself. Yes. Beautiful. Now here's the really cool part about your sun sign. Your sun sign is the magic. It's, it's what you're going to put into everything that you do, especially your soul's calling that will really bring people to you that will, that will give it your special flair and that will help what your soul came here to do to really move forward the way it needs to move forward in the magical way. Okay. Yes. So, so, so your special sauce is being in the know, like having the mindset and being able to teach it as well. And like communicating and teaching, like there's, there's, there's a sense of like, you bring a magic of communication and teaching. That's good to know. Right? Yes. Not everyone's a good communicator and not everyone else can sell things that they need to do. Right? Like there are, there are people who are really good, um, 
instructors or teachers, but they can't sell people by their teachings, right? And so you've got that beautiful combination. Now, the rising sign is um, how people see you. So do you know about your rising sign? I think it's Virgo, no? Yes, you have your rising in Virgo. So you see Which I don't understand that one very much. Well, I think we're going to get into this right now. Are you ready? So you <laughs> yeah. see yourself as this bubbly, intellectual teacher. And Virgo is how people see you. So people, you may see yourself as this like bubbly extrovert. Um, but people see you as Virgo. And so when I think of Virgo, I think of, um, first of all, someone who has very pure intentions because she is the virgin in the archetype of the of the zodiac so she she always comes from like the purest of intentions um they so people probably see you as like very pure-hearted um she's logical she's an earth sign so she's grounded so even though you see yourself in your head people see you as probably someone that they can go to, to grounding when they need detail when things need to be analyzed when things need to be rationalized um I also, so here's another interesting thing about Virgo. So people like in the memes, you know how Virgo is all about like the OCD and things being in structure and organized. Yes. Virgo is bigger than that. Virgo is here to be of service. She represents huh. servitude, hospitality, um, but she also represents health, health and wellness. Wow. Yeah. I was not expecting all of that. Yeah. So here's the even juicier part of the rising sign. The rising sign is the problem you're here to solve. It's your soul's work. So you're here to solve the problem of people being useful, people stepping into their health and wellness, solving the problem of maybe people grounding into structure, um, people being discerning because Virgo is very analytical. So she can see things that other people can't see. She's an excellent executive producer, but other people aren't. So your soul is here to show people how to, how to be discerning, how to use their health, how to step into their wellness, um, how to be useful, how to be a servant. That's great. So when you told me you were into herbalism, I was like, of course she is, because she's got Virgo <laughs> in her rising. When I think of plants, like, it's so funny. Many people have actually worked, um, done readings for three other people who are, like, herbalists, or they work with, like, plant medicine, and they all have, like, a very important Virgo placement. Because when I think of Virgo, I think of the earth. I think of plants. I think of health. I think of wellness. Using those plants, using the earth to bring wellness. Yes, definitely that's the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what comes up for you when I say that? That I'm on the right path. Yeah. Kind of fun, no? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, the next sign that I like to talk about is the moon. Because oh, Lord. The moon. <laughs> I love that you said that. I love that you said that. Um, because the moon, so, so you already know that the moon represents your emotions. So the first mm -hmm. thing when I, when, when we think of it from that perspective, the first thing I think about the girl, we are at the time of this reading uh, in Mercury retrograde in cancer. So I'm thinking, are you drinking enough water? Are you doing your daily or weekly baths? Are you nurturing the water of your moon? Well, it's funny because I have been in all kinds of, um, with everything that's happening in America, I've just been in a weird mental state and 
I just recently spent uh, the entire day at the beach and it was like life came back into me in ways that I can even put into words. It was just like a, this entire spiritual experience just being in the water. Yeah, that's because... I didn't, I didn't even know that I needed it. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're... So here's the interesting thing. Cancer, first of all, cancer represents the mother. She is a water sign. She, she needs nurturing. She is intuitive. And the moon is her natural ruler. So, you know, some people go, oh, look, that, that's the perfect pairing. And I'm thinking, whoa, that's amplifying. You probably are the type that you feel your feelings very deeply. They may fluctuate kind of like the phases of the moon. Sometimes mm -hmm. you want to be out and about, and sometimes you're retreating into your shell. And like, like a crab, right? When a crab is protecting itself, <laughs> it goes into its shell. Yes. And we're in this moon phase in Cancer. Um, and so there's so much going on energetically around this sign right now. So you must be feeling particularly sensitive, thank, given that. Oh, um, yeah. But so, so don't forget to drink your water. Don't forget to go to the ocean. Don't forget to take the bath if you can't go to the beach. You need to, like, and I'm not taking, a I mean, I don't mean just taking a shower. Or maybe, maybe even if you, ha if you can't, don't have time for um, a bath, do a shower ritual. But the water replenishes you. The water restores you, okay? Right. Because, and the other thing is she represents some of our karmic wounds, our karmic pasts, you know. I don't know if you've had for example, mother wounds from the past. Maybe you're bringing in things that came in from your mother. Um, I don't know if there's, here's an interesting combination. You have the moon and cancer in the 10th house. Um, the 10th house represents our personal brand, ambition, like career. This is where we look for, for that. What are we doing with the work that we're here to do, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a sense of that intuitive, um, nurturing, um, side that's going to be very important into the work that you do. Another thing that comes up for me is to tell you, so the moon doesn't just represent how we express our emotions. When things in your life are going, are feeling stuck, are feeling like they're not moving, are feeling like they're not right, um, that's where you get to stop and say, okay, my moon is in Cancer. How do I feed my moon in Cancer? Because the moon is a goddess and you have to you have, to, you have to nurture her. You have to take care of her. And the way you take care of her for your soul's mission is you give her what she needs as part of her gifts. And her gifts are intuition. Her gifts are nourishing and nurturing. And the other thing that comes up for me is community. And so I don't know what in the work, like it sounds like you're in one field and you're maybe transitioning to another field with more of this herbalism and Ayurveda, but I don't know if like the, what you're going to be doing it through is like one-on-one -on -one work or like community, community membership. But like, I have this feeling that building community is what's going to support the mission. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Because some people, some people do their work very much one-on-one, -on -one, but I have a feeling that with that moon in cancer, she, she, so cancer is not the mission. The moon, I mean, is not the mission. And she's not, she's not the magic of the mission, but if she's not taken care of, she's not going to help that mission with that Virgo rising move forward. Okay. So I have a strong feeling that building community for your work is going to be a key part of your future success. Thank you. Okay. 
taking notes right now. <laughs> sure, no problem. Now here's another thing. Mercury is also an important part of this methodology. Mercury, as we know, is our mindset, it's communication, because it naturally rules Gemini and, and Virgo. Um, but when we look at Mercury in your birth chart in this life path astrology methodology, Mercury is what makes you feel separate. It's what doesn't let you assimilate into from your 5D consciousness to your 3D Earth experience. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So in order for you to use Mercury to tap into consciousness, 5D consciousness, and just, just not all that intellect in your mind, you have to nurture the shadows of Mercury. And you have Mercury in Cancer. Hmm. First thing that think that comes up for me is like you probably are in your mind about your feelings. Like your feelings probably always come up in your mind. You might see your feelings as a weakness, right? Like how do I not feel? Like how do I just logically perceive all these things? And that separation between feeling and logic separates you from integrating into the into the higher consciousness person you're supposed to be. Okay. Tell me what comes up for you when I say that. Well, it's very interesting because with everything that's been happening in America, I, I'm feeling too deeply for the world. And I find myself in conversations with people where I cannot just grasp how people are going about their lives as if people are not dying out there. And then it, it, it does make me like, feel like an outcast because I have all these feelings that it's almost like society is telling me to suppress mm. and it's, it's difficult to, to process everything that's going on emotionally where I feel like there's a purpose in me feeling this deeply. There's a higher calling. There's a reason why I feel things so as deeply as I do. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. In fact, you, you, you were born to be a deep feeler. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if you know, your son is in Gemini, but you have what's called a cancer stellium. Have you ever heard what of stellium? That? You have a cancer no. stellium. So stellium is when you have three or more placements in one particular sign. Oh, okay. So your son is Gemini and you're rising as Virgo and that's really your soul's purpose. That combination is what's going to move your soul's purpose. You're, you have a stellium in cancer, and so that's an area of emphasis in your lifetime. And cancer's motto is, I feel. You came here to feel things. You didn't come here to <laughs> just intellectualize and just be on the third, third dimension. That feeling is what connects us to the, the next realm, right? Into mm -hmm. our intuition, into our gut, into our inner knowing. And so, 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 so when we see that Mercury in cancer... In order for you not to feel disconnected, separate from yourself and your higher self, um, the first thing is you get to discover and explore how you can make your feelings your strength. Okay. They are your strength, not your weakness. And you know, it's funny that you say that because before, this was something that came up last night and with everything that's happened, it's evident to me that I'm meant to become an activist because that's what the emotions are telling me to do. Like, that's why I'm feeling so angry. That's why I'm feeling so hurt. 
I, I cannot just stand around and do nothing. Yeah. You're like, if I were to translate, like, like what comes up for me is, um, I almost feel like you get to be the mother of a community. You get to use your work to create. So remember the 10th house is that personal brand, your career, your reputation, and you have your stellium in mostly cancer. So, so let's, let's look at this. You've got that 10th house. So if you're looking at, at this, my pointer, you've got the 10th house with a little bit of almost all of cancer so your personal brand has a lot to do with feeling and Gemini which is about communication so I feel like you have this community because remember I also believe cancer is like a community builder so I feel like you're going to build this community of, of people who feel their feels and then you voice <laughs> with that Right, because Gemini is all about the the voice, the communication, right? Uh huh. Now the now the important part is this is important. Your feelings are important, but don't let your feelings get in the way of what needs to get done. And so uh -huh. the way you master that feelingness of Mercury is you get to use the, your gifts as a, uh, use your feelings as a gift. The other thing that comes up for me is maybe you learn to learn how to really build strong boundaries. Okay. Because cancer is kind of like really soft, like think about the crab. She's very smushy inside and then hardcore. And so she's very like all or nothing. Right. And there's a sense of learning, learning how to defend your, how to build boundaries. I also think of a mother, a mother is always going to put herself last with her babies. Uh -huh. And so part of that integration is reminding yourself that you get to take care of yourself as much as you take care of the people that you want to serve. Okay. Especially in your work because 10th house energy can be it's work, right? And it's, it's actually really interesting because the 10th house represents Capricorn energy and cancer is the opposition to Capricorn. So there's this like, this, it is very much about balancing, nurturing yourself in the work you do. Okay. Don't get burned out in it or don't get lost in the sea of emotion of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. People tend to do that, but that's okay. This is why I love um, the charts because we get to see where we get to grow. Speaking of growth, have you ever heard of the North Node? No. Okay, so this has become one of my new favorite placements. So everyone has a north node and everyone has a south node. The south node is your natural gift. If you are a computer, this is the default programming that no matter how many times people try to reboot you, this is always gonna be there. And then the north node is your challenge. And I kind of like to call it, it's like what you've been called to step into in this lifetime. It's not easy for you. And the more you stretch into this, the more you actually get to to the point of accomplishing your soul's mission okay okay so let's start with your south node your south node is in libra um and i don't know how much you know about libra but libra is an interesting placement so libra is the only sign that's not represented by an animal or a human it is the scales 
And so when you think of scales, you think of balance, right? And so Libra loves to bring harmony, loves to bring balance. She's also ruled by Venus, the goddess of beauty, love, and material things. Um, like anything that's beauty, art, culture, things like that, it's Libra is kind of like the ruler of that. So it's very easy for you to bring beauty into the world that you are in. Um, it's you're probably the diplomat, the harmonizer, the everyone's friends in the social circles and the work that you do. People probably go to you to like really unruffle feathers or like to to bring people to work together. What comes up for you when I say that? <laughs> yeah, I'm like the therapist for everyone. Yeah, you're you're the one that everyone goes to because you are kind of like that scale, right? Like you see the other person's, and, and you probably have people from opposing sides coming to you. Like to like if people are fighting, they both come to you, and you're you're able to see both of their sides. And yeah, it's really hard for you to decide like or pick a side because you don't want to because you can see both sides. That's the beauty of Libra. Um, so interesting. Tell me what what about it? No, because you're pretty much describing like a bunch of life situations. Ah! Where people end up getting upset if, like, if you tell me a story, I'm not going to side with you. I'm always going to look at both sides. There's mm -hmm. two sides to every story. So, yeah. Exactly. A lot. And it's interesting. Think about every sign picks up gifts from the sign before it. So right before Libra, there's Virgo. Virgo is the analyzer. Virgo is going to be like, give me all the details. I want to know everything before I make up my decision. It's just that by the time you get to Libra, you're like, oh, but I love everybody so much that I don't want to pick. <laughs> so she'll be like, yes, I'll listen to you. No problem. She's in her shadow. She could also be a little bit of a people pleaser. Okay. So you have to, you have to be careful for that. Now, here's the thing. That's your gift, the Libra. What's not easy for you is to step into your north node, which is Aries. So Aries is the first sign of the zodiac, and it's a fire sign. And interestingly enough, Aries and Libra are both what they call cardinal signs. They are the beginning of the seasons, and they're always like ideas. Ideas come to them like left and right, left and right. Like you can't, you probably, if you had... A penny for every good idea you had, you'd probably be a millionaire. <laughs> but have you actually completed any of those projects? Probably nope. not. <laughs> yeah. And so here's the actually more interesting thing. You have um, North Node in Aries in the eighth house. Now, there, there's so much interesting things. First of all, when I see the Aries-Libra juxtaposition for North Node-South Node, the first thing that comes up for me is learning to go from we to me, because Libra is all about like friends and people getting along and two sides of the story. It's the sign of partnership and marriage as well. When you get to Aries, it's about the individual. Like Its motto is, I am. Not we are, I am. And so when I think about an Aries, an Aries is when they stand in their power, they are fiery, they are passionate, they are excited, they light themselves up, like they get excited about everything that they know they're capable of. Um, and, and in turn, they get people, other people excited about it too. But there's a sense of them standing in their own power. And you have it in the eighth house. Now, the eighth house has a lot to do with different themes. First of all, it's, um, if it had a the eighth house is Scorpio energy. And if Scorpio had a tarot card, it would probably be like the death or the tower card. So it's all about transformation, endings and beginnings, shadow work. Um, I think about like all of that's taboo, like the esoteric stuff, 
death, sexuality. And so there's a sense of you not stepping into this power of this stuff that people don't want to talk about. Like it's easier for you to be like, oh, let me just get everyone to get along. Let's just make this really easy. But there's this, this sense of like you, you're here to step in more powerfully into standing in yourself and your power of yourself and these things that people don't want to talk about. Like, and I can't help but think you, like, I don't know with that herbalism stuff, if there's spirituality or if you're going to tarot cards or like something else that might be more esoteric and that's really going to make you even more powerful in the, in the health, in the service, in this um, rising of Virgo that you're supposed to create. Okay. What comes up for you when I say that? Oh, my psychic um, experiences that people, it's too taboo to even like talk about publicly. And that's something that it is a struggle. Like I'm talking about struggle dating maybe like a decade ago that I know it's there, but I honestly don't know what exactly is the blockage like it's you (laughs) it's you standing in the power of it what about because that's what comes because it's aries aries it means it's almost like the sense of like you don't feel powerful enough to do that by yourself Uh, does that resonate yes like like what comes up for me as a question is like why are you scared to stand in the power of your knowledge of the esoteric? I don't know. It's, I, I guess it's a lot of um, struggle around the people that are going to question it, not understanding what it is. And it's going to mm-hmm. come at me from like, especially having that Catholic background where anything that relates to the spiritual it's mm-hmm. work of the devil, which is not. But then, like, just thinking about it is exhausting to want to, to, to have to go through that conversation. Right. And it's so interesting because your form, you, you want to know, know about ancestral stuff. So I wouldn't yes. be surprised if the psychic power is actually an ancestral gift. You probably have a lineage of other brujitas in your lifetime <laughs> or in your past life. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And so that's, that's what's keeping you right. Like this, this occult, like, so think about, remember death transformation with unseen blind spots. So blind spots, you might not even know that you come from a lineage of ancestral healers because like saying religion has occulted, put a shadow on the work that maybe your own bloodline came into this world to do. I agree. Moon, remember how I told you the moon is like these car- this karmic work? I wouldn't even be surprised if like you get that from your mother's side. And that's why you're being called to build in this whole family, this community into this healing work that you do. <laughs> you're blowing my mind. Um, so that makes me that makes me happy because I I I girl, I want I want brujitas to stand in their power. You came in with a gift for a reason. And it's also really interesting because what I'm hearing is not only you're not standing in the power of your gift, 
um, you're probably not using your full Gemini voice, right? You're not using your full voice and your knowledge or wisdom because of this fear. Um, you have your Chiron in Gemini in the ninth house. So you have your Chiron. So do you know about Chiron? Have you ever heard of this? No, first time. So Chiron is what we call the wounded healer. It's what you cannot do for yourself or that you feel like you have a wound about that you help other people with. And so you have your wound in the same place as your son, which is your own identity. And so remember, Gemini is the communicator, the salesperson, the intellectual in the ninth house, which is the teacher. And so there's this wound that you feel like you, it, like, who am I to be to use my voice around these teachings? Like, I'm afraid to talk to people about this work, but I'm going to support all the other brujitas. I'm going to make sure all my friends who are brujitas do this work, but I don't know if I'm the one who's supposed to be talking about it or teaching about it. Yep. I'm literally in tears right now. Yep. And here's, here's the reminder. You are here to do this because that's where your son is. That's, that is your magic. But your, your wound that you brought in from a past life says that you're not enough, but it's not your reality. And you get to heal that by stepping into that North Node. When you step into the power of yourself, the Aries, the I am energy, you're an innovator, you're creative, you have all these ideas, and you have that eighth house taboo, the, that, that all that stuff that no one wants to talk about. You were, bo you were born to talk about it and do it and be kind of the leader of it through the healing work, probably through plant magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're describing me. <laughs> That makes me, oh, that makes me so, so happy, first of all. Now, now here's, now here, I like to wrap things up with Jupiter because Jupiter is what I call the lucky strike. It's where we find good fortune. It's where good things happen. It's where all the inspiration comes. It's like, it's so, I don't know if you know about Jupiter, but Jupiter is a planet of expansion, good luck, and fortune. So here you're like, I don't know why I can't do this. Like, so now you know where the wound is. Now you know what you hear. You have to step into more. Now here's where you find some lucky opportunities. Are you ready? Yes. Better in Pisces in the sixth house, which is for me like such beautiful, such a wrap up to what you're here to do. Pisces, first of all, is, you know, when we look at the zodiac. I don't know if you know this, but the zodiac starts with Aries, and Aries represents kind of like the the infancy stage of life. And by the time you get to Pisces, Pisces is like afterlife at source energy with universe, whatever you want to call it. And so it's like super spiritual, really spiritual, um, spirituality, intuition, um, anything that's like like daydreaming, hopeless romanticism, but like a lot of spirituality there. In fact, most people who are born with strong Pisces placements have, have intuition or psychic abilities. Um, and you have it in the sixth house, which is Virgo energy, right? So it's saying that when you can infuse that spiritual inherent intuition that you have into that Virgo sixth house health and service sector, that's where good luck happens. So it's not about spirituality lives in one house and my health and wellness lives in another. 
you're, you will have opportunities arise for you in this work the moment you bring those two together. And you know what, I even, I said that would be the last placement, but I wanna highlight one more thing. In the chart, for people who wanna be entrepreneurs, we talk about the second house is the service you're delivering, okay? You have your second house between Libra, but with a lot of Scorpio. And Scorpio was that eighth house, the taboo, esoteric, like shamanism. Scorpio is the shaman of the, of the Zodiac. And Libra is the beauty. So I would almost say that you are delivering this shamanic, inherent, intuitive work with a dash of beauty. You're going to make all that seems scary for people. And you're going to take for energy and you're going to make it beautiful for them so that they can integrate it and balance it out. You're going to balance out the light with the dark is what comes up for me. You're going to be you're going to be the harmonizer of the taboo. You're going to you're going to normalize it. You're going to bring light to the darkness. Wow, sounds great. I know, it's so exciting. <laughs> this has been such a juicy chart to read. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's been your major aha moment? The the healer part mm. like not just that but there's many things many like ancestral stuff as well that, like trauma mm. within the family there's a lot so yeah. definitely a lot more shadow work that i need to do yeah yeah but you're here to do it you're here in fact you have those two really big things with the Scorpio in, in the product you're here to deliver, which is shadow. And so Scorpio eighth house energy is all about shadow work and uncovering what people can't see. And I love that people get scared about that, but I'm like, Whoa, that's awesome. Because the moment you uncover all of those hidden things, you find your power. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Well, I hope this was of service to you, my dear. Thank you so much for booking this reading. And Thank you for everything. It's um, definitely made it in a way that I could understand everything. Uh, 